Welcome to Real Life. Hi, I'm Jim Miller, and you're listening to the Real Life LA podcast, coming to you from the Southern California foothills town of Glendora, California. We're a church for everyone, and we exist to lead lost people to Jesus, building a community of grace with a God-sized vision that reaches from generation to generation. As you hear today's message, we pray that God speaks specifically to you, opens your heart, and shows you how to live each day with more joy, beauty, and wonder. This is Jim Miller, pastor of Real Life Church. It's good to be with you all today. Happy Mother's Day. God bless all the moms out there who are going into overdrive, homeschooling like you've never homeschooled before, holding down the fort like you never have before. Thank you and God bless all of you moms out there. I have a word of hope and encouragement from the Bible with some great ways that we can be doing good in our world today, even though we're at home. I've got a new way that we can do good this week, especially for moms who are out there, and I'm looking forward to sharing that with you later on in the message. But first, I've got some thank yous I want to give out. Uh, Thank you to all of you who have continued to take part in our Viral Blessings Challenge. This was my challenge early on, right when we entered into our, our sort of a lockdown here, and I said, anytime you have to go out for groceries, buy a gift card in line at the grocery store, give it to the person working the cash register, give it to the person bagging groceries, say, God bless you, thank you for what you're doing. And so many, many of you have done this, and it's so great to read them. They're on our blog at reallife.la slash blog. Uh, you can check that out. There's such great stories on there. Uh, thanks this week to Nancy, Judy, Barry, Susan, and others who took part in doing that. Uh, as you do it, make sure you send me an email at info at reallife.la and tell me the story, because a lot of those are they're beautiful stories. Some of them are tear jerkers. Some of them are hilarious. Uh, somebody sent me a really funny one about how they, they uh, dropped uh, nail polish in line while they were trying to do something good. Uh, God blesses those activities no matter how they end up. So thank you for doing them anyway. God bless those of you who have taken part in our Viral Blessings Challenge. Keep doing that. Thanks also to our frontline personnel, our first responders, the people who work in the fire stations, the police who are out there caring for people and keeping us safe. Thanks to our medical personnel, our nurses, the people who are caring for people who are homebound, all of you who are doing great work caring for people in such need and such such scary times. Thank you for what you do. God bless you for doing that. God bless, protect you, and keep you as you do that. Uh, thanks to all of you who are working in the grocery stores and working in retail stores, many of whom started back to work this week and are out there in this new context, wearing face masks, caring for people in new ways, trying to figure out how business is going to work in this season. God bless you for doing it. Thank you for doing it. Uh, Make sure that you're passing those blessings on. Let's be a church that blesses people who are helping others. Thanks to those of you out there who are sharing our videos online, because every time you hit share and pass our videos along, every time you post them on your own social media, you're helping us get the word of Jesus further along. So thank you for doing that, especially our our homeschool for the soul videos that we post every single day. Some of those are, you'll find them fascinating. Some of them are interviews with uh, psychiatrists, people who work in mental health, interviews with coaches who are helping us get healthy again. All of them are really practical biblical, spiritual teachings, and I I hope you're watching those, hope you're loving those, and thanks to all of you who keep sharing those along. Uh, That that, uh, does good for the church and good for everybody, so appreciate that. And finally, uh, thanks for moms. Thanks to you moms out there uh, who are are doing doing the life of mom, doing the job of mom. 
uh, we appreciate you. Uh, we at my house are going to be celebrating uh, my mom, Betsy, and uh, my kid's mom, Yolanda, and I uh, hope you guys are, are celebrating uh, moms where you are. Um, I've, got a, I've got a good story that I want to share with you today, and this is not tied to the message particularly, but it's a good story of something God did in the world recently. And anytime I see God doing good, good stuff or you share with me something good that God has done, I like passing those stories along. Uh, I share those in line uh, at the grocery store with people I'm talking to. They're, they're just great stories to share. Uh, and just as last week, I got a, a phone call from somebody I've never, I've never talked to before, but who I've been praying for for years and who I've exchanged letters with. Uh, a friend of mine has a, a, a sibling who went to prison about three years ago on uh, white-collar charges, and the charges were disputed, but it was, a, it was a hard situation, and he went to prison three years ago. And I started writing him a letter every month, and we corresponded a little bit uh, over the last uh, three years. And he was looking to be in prison for another four years. And with all of the, the sickness that is going around right now, this became a more dangerous situation. And so we were praying for him to get out. Well, when he was in prison, he said, uh, Jesus, if you're there, uh, just talk to me. Let me know that you're there. He says, if you're there, uh, let me out and, and I, will, I will believe in you. And, uh, you know, miracle of miracles, he was let out on, to go home on house arrest because of all the virus and everything uh, four years early. And he'll have to be on house arrest for several years, but he's, he's at home with his family now. And he called me and I heard his voice for the first time. And he said, uh, he says, you know, I know Jesus did this. He says, they never let people out this early. He says, uh, of all the people that were in with me, they only let four people out at this time, and I was one of them, and there was just, there was just no reason. And he says, I know Jesus did that. And he asked, uh, he asked about uh, reading the Bible with his kids, and we talked about the Bible, uh, and he asked about uh, how to join us on Sunday morning. So he may be out there right now uh, joining us in worship this morning. Uh, if, you, if you are, God bless you. I am, I'm happy for the good news in your life. Uh, and I do believe Jesus is speaking to you in, uh, in powerful ways. So that was a, a celebration. It was good uh, for my heart this week and, uh, and neat to hear. Um, just want to keep passing those along to you. Well, take a minute. Uh, join me in prayer. Let's pray, out. Let's pray for our world. Father, I thank you that you love us. And even when times are hard and things are scary, you are still moving powerfully. Uh, we may be shut at home, but your spirit is on the loose. So by the power of your spirit, touch hearts, hearts that are in prison, hearts that are on the front lines working, hearts that are sick, hearts that are afraid. God, by the power of your spirit, use every season of our lives to call us to you. Let everything in our lives point in your direction. May our highest highs and lowest lows all bring glory to Jesus. God, may we do this in honor of you by the power of your spirit. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Well, I was thinking about moms recently, and moms play an important role in our lives. And one of the roles that moms play is to kind of look ahead in our lives and to tell us to be, to be ready for what's coming. A good and healthy and loving mom uh, is a little bit taller than us and can see a little bit further down the road than us when we're, when we're little. And she says, hey, Keep an eye out for what's ahead. Be careful about what you're doing because there are consequences. And you need to pay attention. You need to look ahead and think about the world that's coming. How could you not? How could you not look ahead? It's so important. Uh, and it's, it's, it's good that we have voices like that in our lives when we're young because they shape how we think about the future as we get older. 
Uh, and I had a friend who, when he was uh, a kid, when we were both little kids, uh, he got uh, scolded one day by his mom because he wasn't paying attention and looking ahead. Uh, he had this day where he got home from school and he uh, went out and rode his bike. And uh, when he got home, he played video games. When dinner time rolled around, he came to the dinner table late and he hadn't washed his hands and he wasn't hungry because he was filled with Cheetos and Dr. Pepper, had the orange stuff all around his mouth. And about nine o'clock p.m., he opened his backpack and started doing homework. And his mom saw all this mess that had happened and how he had wasted his day, and she started to really razz him. And he looked up at her with little puppy dog eyes, and he said, Mom, don't you want me to be happy? And she said, No! No, I don't care if you're happy. No, I don't want you to be happy. And she smiled at her boy, she said, I want you to be good. I, I'm not that concerned that you be entertained and overfed. I want you to be good. I want you to live with character. I want you to live for what matters. And I want you to see the world the way it really is. See that, that wasting your days away and, and not doing things that are important is not healthy for you. It's not good for you and it won't give you a good future. Moms sometimes serve that role in our lives. Moms are sometimes there to kind of look down the road a little bit further than, than we can and say, hey, look ahead. Pay attention to what's coming up. How could you not? How could you not? Well, Jesus does the same thing. Jesus, a little bit taller than us, sees a little bit further down life's road than we, we do. And when we don't see the world the way he does, when we, when we don't live by the principles of the kingdom, he looks down the road of life for us and says, hey, are you sure you want to do that? You, you might want to live for what matters. You get one life, and it's not all that long. Don't you want to live for what matters? How could you not? How could you not? I remember one time presiding at a wedding for a couple, and I had this young couple in their 20s in my office, and I, I looked at the, the husband, and I asked him, I said, well, are, are you ready to talk about what, what God has to say about marriage? And he says, no, not really. No, I'm just not ready for that in my life. No, I'll put that off till later. And I thought, how, how could you not? You're about to enter into one of the most important relationships of your life. You're about to make a huge commitment. Everything, everything's going to hang on this, this relationship. How you, how you go home at the end of the day, the day is going to hang on this relationship. How could you not ask the creator of the universe what voice he has in this relationship that you're entering into? How could you not? The day's going to come where we all stand in front of Jesus in the end and give an account of our lives. And on that day, the only thing that's going to matter is whether or not we paid attention to him. How much money we made is not going to matter. How many friends we had is not going to matter. It's not going to matter how lit our LinkedIn page looked. The only thing that's going to matter is how we related to, to Jesus. What decisions we made about Jesus. Put Jesus on the forefront of your life now. Look at the world around you. The world is in chaos. Has the world not taught us in this season that health and wealth are fragile? That we cannot hold on to them. We cannot preserve them. We cannot guarantee them. Put Jesus first in your life. He's what counts and he's what's eternal. How could you not? How could you not? I, I want to look at a story from the Bible today of a guy who interacted with Jesus. And, and Jesus tried to help this guy see the world through Jesus' eyes. He tried to help this guy see the world from a kingdom perspective. And he ends up with this guy going, how could you not see it this way? How could you not?
and it's a great story that will inform the way you and I think about Jesus. Open in your Bibles to the Gospel of John, chapter 3. And I want to talk about God's love for us, God's deep love for us, a kind of love that cares about how we value things in the world and wants us to, God wants us to value what matters most. Look at John chapter 3 at verse 1 and listen to the Word of God. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who is a member of the Jewish ruling council. Pharisee, very passionate religious person of the day, often very self-righteous and judgmental, but knew God's law inside and out. They knew their Bibles. Member of the Jewish ruling council. That was called the Sanhedrin. And it was like the Jewish Supreme Court of the day. If two people got into a conflict in the, the nation of Israel, the law that governed them was God's law. Their, their Bible was their constitution. And so they would go to this gathering of trained Jewish rabbis known as the Sanhedrin. And the Sanhedrin could rule like a Supreme Court. When the, when the Sanhedrin issued a decision, it was the decision on what God said into this situation. So, so this guy named Nicodemus going to talk to Jesus and coming from the, the Sanhedrin would be like Ruth Bader Ginsburg of the Supreme Court calling you and asking you for legal advice. If she called me, I'd be like, yo, go with RBG. Stop spelling it out. Everybody will think you're amazing. The kids will love you. Nobody will understand what you're about, but you'll be a pop icon. It'll be great. And the rest was history. He came to Jesus at night. Now, the fact that he comes at night is important. That's not a side note. He comes at night because it's in secret. The, the Jewish Sanhedrin and the Jewish leaders of the day had not decided how they stood on Jesus. The Pharisees, the, the Jewish teachers uh, of the day, the religious elites of the day, did not, did not like Jesus. And they, in the end, would be the ones pushing Jesus towards crucifixion. They didn't like the fact that he gathered a crowd. They didn't the, like the fact that he loved sinners, that he befriended people who were outcasts, uh, and that he went around with great power and authority that challenged their own. So Nicodemus goes to Jesus at night because he doesn't want everybody to see him having this conversation. But Nicodemus says to Jesus, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the signs you are doing, Jesus is working miracles, healing the sick, no one could do the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they're old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Thanks, Nicodemus, for that image. Uh, I think Nicodemus was not entirely confused by what Jesus was saying. I think he understood it, or at least had a hint of it. But Jesus was speaking in a metaphor, and the Jewish rabbis of the day, when they would create metaphors as teachings, would ask each other questions about their metaphors. And so it would be not uncommon for uh, a respondent to take the metaphor that a rabbi had created and start to kind of play with it a little bit. So Nicodemus, I think he's being playful. I think he's being a little bit, uh, a little bit uh, graphic and a little bit playful. And he takes Jesus' metaphor and he says, well, what if I took that literally? Uh, maybe Nicodemus went to Jesus at night so he could use locker room humor. I don't know. But I, I think he understood what Jesus was getting after, and he just wanted to tease the metaphor out a little bit. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Now, when Jesus says born of water and the Spirit, he's, he's pulling up an image that all of his disciples would have understood 
they, they were baptized with water. They were born of water. When a person uh, had a major conversion in their lives, when they decided to convert themselves to God, they would go out to John the Baptist and be baptized, where they were dunked in the water and they would rise again. And it was a sign of washing away the old and washing away sin and rising to new life and living righteously. So you were born of water and the Spirit. And you'll see that there's a, a baptism of the Holy Spirit described in the Bible. If you're in my Acts Bible study that we're doing online on Wednesday nights, Wednesday nights at seven, uh, with discussion after, you'll see that there's, there's two different baptisms that they talk about in the book of Acts, a baptism of water and a baptism of the Spirit. And here Jesus says just that, uh, you're, you have to be born of water and the Spirit in order to enter the kingdom of God. Now, don't be confused about that phrase. Enter the kingdom of God does not mean get into heaven. It doesn't mean, it's not the carrot at the end of the stick that if you behave well, you get into heaven in the end. You don't enter into a new citizenship in a new kingdom after you die. You do it here in this life. If you move from one country to another, you change citizenship now in this life. You may die as a citizen of the new place you moved, but you become a citizen in this life. The same is true with God. When you decide to follow Jesus in this life, you change your citizenship now from the kingdom of the world to the kingdom of heaven. Not just the heaven you go to after you die, it's, it's the way you live in this world now. You change your citizenship and you live by a new rule book. Everybody around you may be living by the principles of the world, but you are living by the citizenship of the kingdom you have committed to. Everyone around you will look at you and you will not make sense to them. When you start following Jesus, when you start living for Jesus, they will look at you and say, why does that person not covet and chase after money the way they, we do? Why does that person not, not chase, chase after self-fulfillment and self-indulgence the way we do? How does that person manage to give stuff away when they don't, they're not sure they have enough for themselves? How could someone do that? It's because you're living by a different playbook. You know now what matters in this life. You're, you're looking at Jesus and what counters, counts most, and you're no longer chasing after the values of this world. Of course, you're, of course you're living for the things that are eternal. How could you not? That's what life is for. That's how we're supposed to live. But it will not make sense to the world around you. Or again, following Jesus is, you have to be born again as you follow Jesus because, because you, have to, you have to receive a new DNA. Uh, right now, half your DNA came from your mama, half your DNA came from your papa. But when you follow after Jesus, you are adopted into his family. And he needs to infuse some new DNA into you so that you live by the principles of the kingdom, so that you live by the guidance of the Spirit. And so, uh, of course, uh, to enter into this kingdom, you have to be born again, Jesus says to Nicodemus. Verse 6, flesh gives birth to flesh, uh, which means everything we do by our own effort only leads to earthly rewards. If you're just doing it under your own effort, by your own control, it's only going to lead to earthly rewards. But the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. If you're answering to God's Spirit, which lives inside of you when you decide to believe in Jesus, the Spirit is like an inner voice that tells you where to go. 
it reminds you of the teachings of Jesus, it comforts and encourages you, and it sends you out into the world on a mission for Jesus. People who do not have God's Spirit within them cannot hear the voice of God, cannot hear God's Spirit leading them, and, and you look like the wind. Like it's not clear where you're going. You're not living for the same values. You're not trying to win the same races. You're not trying to accomplish the same things. You're not trying to win the same prizes. What are you doing? Well, if you're led by the Spirit, you go where the Spirit pleases, like the wind. How can this be? Nicodemus asks. I know a lot of us, after reading this passage, are asking the same question. How can this, how can this be? What is Jesus talking about? How can this be? You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus. And do you not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know, and we testify to what we have seen. But still, you people do not accept our testimony. He and the disciples are out preaching about the kingdom of God. They're talking about living for things that matter. And it still so it sounds like a foreign language. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Jesus says, look, the only one who has the definitive word on what the kingdom of heaven is like is the one who came from the kingdom of heaven. And that's me, says Jesus. I'm the one who knows what the kingdom of heaven is like. Let me lay it out for you. Nicodemus, you're a teacher of God's people. You teach God's people how to live rightly. You are in the Supreme Court that judges what God's law says. How can you not understand that you, you live for the kingdom and you're guided by the Spirit? It's a different kind of, it's a different kind of world now. You're, you have to be born again. You have to start a new kind of life. How could you not understand that we have left the old things behind? And in baptism with water and baptism in the Spirit, we've taken on the values of a new world. How could you not see that? Uh, Jesus' response is, look, you've you got to understand this first and foremost. The world will tell you, succeed, achieve, accumulate, and fight for what's yours. The kingdom of heaven will tell you, be humble, give things away, and forgive those who wrong you. Love your enemies. It will not make sense to the world around you. People will see you do those things and they will think you're weak or you're confused or you don't understand how the world works. That's how it is with people who are born of the Spirit. The Spirit leads us in ways that the world does not. And that's exactly what Jesus wants us to live for. Look at the world around you right now. If you have spent your life chasing after and clutching health and wealth, it is all up for grabs now. It is, it is all on the line. It's vulnerable and you cannot control it. Stop living by the principles of this world and be born again. Be born into a new kingdom. Change your citizenship by committing to Jesus. Let his, his DNA be infused in you so that you live by the guidance of the Spirit and not by the principles of this world. And, and look at this world through the eyes of Jesus. Look at this world through kingdom principles. Um, I look at, I look at uh, social media these days, and so many people are so angry that other people don't see the world the same way they do. And people are depressed and they're upset. H have you had a day uh, recently where you woke up and you could just feel that things weren't right? And the world isn't right. Society isn't right. People aren't right. People don't do right things. People are nasty. And, and, and it makes you upset. And you just want to fix everything. And you, you want to you just go out and fight somebody. 
But that's hard to do when you're still in your pajamas and you're sitting on the couch eating peanut butter chip ice cream and ramen noodles all day. You're not gonna get in too many fights that way. And at the end of the day, now you're just mad that the gym's not open anymore. Well, well, listen, well, listen, Jesus, Jesus' voice in your life right now is this. Jesus would say to you, exactly what a good and healthy mom would say to you, I didn't promise you life would come without troubles. I didn't promise you there would not be struggles in this life. But what I care about is your character and your values and your love. What I care about is that you look at this world the way that I do and, and, and live for the things that I have called you to. All these things that have been taken out of your hands, I needed to free from your hands because I need you to trust in me. Let all of that go and stop fighting over it. Trust in me and look at the world through my eyes instead. People are so mad right now that other people don't see the world the right way or the same way they do. I go on, I go on Facebook and I, you know, I never know on any given day whether I'm, I'm going to be seen as uh, 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 a prophet or a liar, uh, whether I'm going to be seen as a genius or a crazy person, whether I'm going to be seen as uh, concerned or careless. Uh, I don't know whether people think I'm blind or now I see. But uh, it's very clear that you're just not going to make everybody happy by seeing the world the, the way they do. The only right way to see the world is through the eyes of Jesus. And Jesus wants us to look into the mess of this world with confidence and without fear, knowing that we are loved, knowing that we are cherished, knowing that every day of our lives is still in his hands. He has not let go, he has not turned away. All he wants in this season is for us to take hold of him and look at the world the way that he does. So I wanna give you three questions to ask as you look at the world that'll, that'll help us all see the world the way Jesus does in this season. This is kind of the, the foundation of Christ, Christian ethics. This is kind of the foundation of the way Christians should view right living in the world. If we ask these three questions, it'll help us to, to see the world through the lens of the kingdom. It'll help us to see the world through the eyes of Jesus. On those hard days where everything's a mess, where everything, everybody's mad at each other, and you're trying to decide what to do with your day, a ask these three questions. One, what did Jesus say? Start with the literal word of the text. Start with what Jesus taught. Start with the, the lay of the land of Scripture. What do the Scriptures teach us? And let Scripture interpret Scripture. What did Jesus say? That's, that's first and foremost. So, so, for instance, if you say, someone has wronged me, someone has insulted me, can I get back at them? Uh, can, I, can I lash out at them because they hurt me? Can I go around gossiping about them and undermine them behind their backs in their community? No, you can't. Jesus says very clearly, love your neighbor as you would uh, have yourself be loved. Love your enemy and turn the other cheek. Revenge is not a tool that exists in the Christian tool belt. You cannot go get revenge in any form. Uh, so if you ask the, the question, uh, from the get-go, can I go get revenge? The answer is no. Start with, what did Jesus say? Secondly, sometimes we come to issues where Jesus doesn't specifically answer them. Uh, it's been 2,000 years since he walked the earth. There's, there's a, a lot of complex issues we face out there. So we ask the question, what would Jesus do? We infer from the life of Jesus what he might do in this situation. <clears throat> that only comes about if we know his life well, if we've studied his life in depth, if we consider it when we wake up in the morning, when we go to sleep at night, we talk about it when we walk along the road, when we're in our beds, we dream about Jesus, right? Immerse yourself in the life of Jesus so that you can ask, 
what would Jesus do in this situation? For instance, when you ask, what kind of home should I live in? Does it matter how big it is or how much it costs? Well, there, there's probably a range of options. There's, there's probably a, an exorbitant, luxurious end that, that we shouldn't do because there are people out there in need and, and spending in exorbitantly on ourselves is selfish. There's also probably an end where if we live so poor that we endanger the health of our children, that's not, that's not gracious or wise either. But there's, there's probably a range in there in which we can infer that Jesus would probably do this. So he asks, what did Jesus say? First of all, what's the literal word, the direct word? And secondly, let's infer what would Jesus do? And then thirdly, if we're trying to look at the world through the eyes of Jesus, we ask the question, what's best for most? Uh, if, we, if we know what Jesus said, if we know as best we can what Jesus would do, then we just come to the question of what would be best for most? If, I, if I'm doing what Jesus said, if I'm doing what I think Jesus would do, and I still have to make a decision, what would be the best for the most number of people, right? What would be the best for the, the most people I can help? So for instance, if you had to ask the question, should I give $100 to one charity or $1 to 100 charities? Do whatever you think helps, helps the most, right? Uh, Jesus will bless the decision either way. That's not a right or a wrong. Just do whatever uh, does the, the best for the most. And that's how we go about uh, looking at the world through the eyes of Jesus. These are the kinds of things that Jesus would have us do so that we can approach the world from a kingdom perspective. When we are born of the Spirit, we are led by the Spirit. And we look in the world for the things that matter most to Jesus. Not the things the world has taught us to value most but the things that matter most in the kingdom. So now I've got a challenge for you uh, and a way that we can help people in the world this week, even though we're in this strange situation, we're not free to roam around quite like we have been, there's still good ways that we can spread the love of Jesus in the world. And I wanna invite you to do that this week. I've got a couple ways to do it. First of all, as is our tradition at Real Life Church, we've done this the last two years, we're gonna have a diaper drive this week. And this Friday, uh, you can bring diapers by the church and drop them off. We'll have people there in the parking lot. Don't get out of your car. Just hand them out the window. We'll collect diapers, and we're going to take them to an orphanage and to a women's shelter. We're going to do that Friday. I believe it's 10 to 12 and 4 to 6. We'll post that on our social media. We'll post that on our, our channels here. But bring diapers this week. If, if you're able to get out by as you're, as you're buying necessities, pick up some diapers too. Bring those to the church on Friday. We'll give those to people in need. That's a great way to share the love of Jesus with a world in need. You remember last year we did this and we took it to a women's shelter and they didn't realize how many we were bringing and they were just overwhelmed. They literally told us, we don't have enough storage space for all the diapers you brought. So we took some of those diapers down to a church in Mexico that we've helped out and we shared down there and blessed them down there as well. Uh, let's do that again this year. Let's help some people in need. Secondly, a little bit bigger challenge, uh, and this is not going to be for everybody. Uh, there's an organization out there called Compassion International that allows people in developed nations like the United States to sponsor children in abject poverty in developing nations. They're all over the world, and if uh, you'd like to sponsor a kid, what it involves is uh, every month you send a, a check to Compassion International, and, and that sends money to this kid in a, a developing nation. And it provides things like school and clothes and food and Bible study. It provides education and health. I was in the Philippines a couple years ago with Compassion International. And I saw kids who had been scooped out of just abject poverty, poverty like I'd never seen before. And they were now enrolled in college, an opportunity they would have never had without Compassion International. And they were off 
uh, getting an education that would allow them to, to not only no longer be poor, their kids would not be poor. Their kids' kids would not be poor. It was, it was changing an entire generation through this little work of charity that you and I can do. Now, I know this is a big ask because we're not in a place where we feel like we have abundance right now. We're in a place where we feel vulnerable. A lot of us are afraid that we're not going to have enough. That's all the more reason to give. Look at the world from the perspective of Jesus. Jesus knows our needs. Jesus cares about us deeply. Jesus empowers us to love when it feels like there's not enough. And there are people in the world in such worse shape than we are. They're going through this same crisis we are. They had less to start with. Imagine what they have now. I appreciate the way you all have uh, supported Real Life Church in this season. I appreciate the way you all have uh, given and cared for the church. And that, that says so much to my heart and the hearts of our staff members. Uh, you've been so gracious. Um, so I'm going to do something that I, I think a lot of churches out there are not yet ready to do and a lot of churches aren't doing. Let's, let's give beyond ourselves. Let's give to people in deeper need than us. Um, I, I support a kid in, who I met in the Philippines uh, a couple of years ago, Princess Anne. Uh, I actually met her in person. Most of you are going to go to this website, and if, if you decide to sponsor a kid, you'll uh, see the, the kid online first. And, and maybe one day if you travel, you can go and meet a kid that you sponsored. I've done that before as well. But I actually met her first. We were there, and we met her and her family and they asked her who her sponsor was through a translator. And the translator said, she doesn't have a, sp a sponsor. And they said, really? We, we, thought, we thought she did. She, you know, she's, she started coming to our program. We thought she had a sponsor. And so I volunteered and I got to be her sponsor. And my family and I have supported her uh, for, for a couple years now. And we write letters back and forth. And, uh, uh, and we look forward to watching her grow up. But, but you can do the same. If, if you're in a situation right now uh, where you have enough to be able to extend yourself in that way, it's a great way to care for people uh, in, in deeper need than us. Now, if you've lost your job, if you're unemployed, if, if you're in a crisis situation, this is not for you. Do not feel any pressure to do this. Take care, take care of the, the crisis that you're in right now. Take care of the situation that you're in. Pray for God to pour out blessings on you. I'm not trying to put any pressure on people who are in danger. But for those of us who are gainfully employed uh, and have a, a promise that that will uh, continue, have a good sense that that will continue. Maybe this is a time to extend ourselves beyond our communities, even in this time of vulnerability and need, uh, to care for those who are in, in even deeper need. If we do that, I think it will be good for our hearts. Because as, as much as it feels like everything has been taken out of our hands in this season, it would be such a powerful way to say to the world, to say to Satan, you cannot take out of my hands my power to love the world in Jesus' name. You cannot take that away from me. My God is too rich for you to steal everything from me. I'm going to care for the, the world beyond my doors even when I feel vulnerable. I know that's what Jesus wants. Jesus just wants us to, to see the world in all this mess and to look at it through his eyes. And to realize that he loves us. And he has this absolutely in our hands. He hasn't forgotten us. He's not ignoring us. He hears our prayers and he knows what we need. We may be locked at home. His spirit is on the loose. All he wants is for us to have faith. Have faith.
believe, and don't be afraid. God bless you. Love you. Miss you. Looking forward to seeing you again on Reunion Sunday when we will gather together again. It won't be long. God bless you. See you again soon. Thanks for joining us today. Now, will you help us welcome others to real life? Share our podcast or find us on Instagram or Facebook at Real Life LA. If you'd like to become a supporter, please visit reallife.la and tap give to help us welcome everyone to real life. God bless and have a wonderful day.